everybody, and welcome to the Roasted Games Podcast. I am Kaz Gable. And I'm Bill Price. And today we have a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of news, um, all sorts of stuff. So let's see. Let's jump into it. Where do we want to start today, Bill? Well, I say we start where we've always started, which is what have you been playing lately? There you go. Um, I my list is pretty short. I've been uh, out on vacation and um, trying to play games, but have mostly been playing Pokemon with my son. <laughs> so that That's I a game. Could, I could talk endlessly about that, <laughs> that if you like, but. Um, I feel like that's just not what people are looking for. <laughs> Maybe that I, might I make a say, good mini episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That'll be my side episode. <laughs> It'll just be me <laughs> going on and on and on. I think I think he cheats. You know what? I think he cheats sometimes, and I'm sure of it. I'll find proof. Um, but uh, yeah, I, you know, I will say one real quick thing because <laughs> this is all I've been playing this last <laughs> week and a half. Uh, is that I, I was surprised when we jumped into Pokemon. I was, uh, I'm always looking for games to play with my seven year old. And, um, you know, when this became some kind of a, he's at that age where it's, uh, at the summer camp that he goes to, it was the thing to do is to trade the cards. I was very excited to, uh, to play just cause it's a game that I thought he was interested in and that we could play together. And I was, my hopes were dashed when I realized that they don't play the game. They just trade the cards and no one plays the game at that age. Right. Uh, right. so I bought a couple packs. It was, oh, I was so excited. It was just, it was, I was excited. I was looking forward to this bonding moment, bonding over some games, one that he brought to the table, not me. And uh, I end up uh, <laughs> just, he's just so not interested. But this last week and a half, we've had fun where we've, he's actually tolerated the game with me. Um, and uh, we've had a lot of fun. I, it's a f- surprisingly well-designed game. So I, if you are ever interested in this game, I can see why people like it as adults like they they trade it when they're kids and then they kind of come back to it and like oh yeah there's a game under there and then they play it and then i can i see like adults or young adults especially getting into it later and then really getting it into the game um and i can see why it's it's well designed it's like a very simple magic the gathering yeah that kind of reminds me like parallels a little to uh when i was that age or maybe slightly older uh we traded all day we would trade uh garbage pail kids oh and, right <laughs> and of course there was no game to that so it literally was just like trading you know fat fanny for you know blasted billy or whatever yeah. and uh and then trading back at some point because you know <laughs> right. you got uh you know you got ruined on that trade but, but yeah that that is kind of how it seems like a lot of kids like especially younger kids when they they trade especially pokemon cards that's kind of the way they treat it is like like trading you know football cards or something there's there's a game what <laughs> yeah yeah it's just it's such it's like at that age it's just a social fun you know oh i've got this do you want this and the the joy is in exchanging them back and forth which is just i forgot i forgot about that phase of like life as a child you know everyone uh for me i've you know baseball cards are always the old standby um but I remember trading other things too, and other little cards. Um, I'm trying to remember. We trade we marbles sometimes. We went through a big marble phase. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> yeah, great. yeah. Uh, this is in Louisiana. This is all all from in Louisiana. But uh, yeah, we did marbles. We we did have uh, baseball cards for sure. I had a huge baseball card collection. But yeah, I think the the biggest one was always garbage pail kids, and. Uh, it's you could you could go to um this place that was kind of like uh kind of like a Costco it was called like shopping warehouse or some shit like that and uh and they had like the full season of uh like the the full collection for each like release and uh, oh, wow. I remember one time my mom bought me the second one and I'm like oh my god I'm going to be so popular. Yeah. And and I I I was for like at like a day and a half I stopped right. being, you know, like the nerdiest kid in class and was almost <laughs> cool for a second I got to like sort of taste what popularity was like. Right. Um and it was ripped from me. Yep. Well, like all good things, they it came to an end. <laughs> I know what a flash in the pan garbage pill kids were. I I don't right? even I'm trying to think like how many what the time period of that was? I the other parallel, of course, is uh, Pogs. I think about too, but Garbage Bill oh, Kids were something we special. Pogs like too. they were Pogs never got as huge as they did. 
Garbage Pail right. Kids were like there were shows. There was I think there was a movie. Wasn't there? Was there was a movie. We we have I have the movie on on DVD for some bizarre reason. I think it came like in like one of those things you buy from like the thrift store. That's like twenty dollars for a hundred DVDs, and then you get right. you, like the Garbage Pail Kids and stuff like that. And you're like, oh, well that's that's great. Huh. <laughs> what could the plot of this possibly be? <laughs> right. It's like they're all living in the sewers. It's kind of like uh, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles before. Like if Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were all just like disgusting rejects. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> and weren't cool and had no ninja powers but still lived in the sewers and were just yeah. disgusting. Like that's the whole movie. It's great. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Garbage Bill Kids. I, like I'm surprised that hasn't made a comeback in some way or form. Maybe they've tried, and people are like, "No, we <laughs> we got over that. We're not interested in rehashing that." Yeah, it's only funny like once to call right. people names based on their actual name. So, yeah, <laughs> it's sort of that slightly cruel humor of that marketing in the '80s. <laughs> that, that yeah, is, like that was only that time. It could only happen at that time. Right, right, because nobody wants to be Large Marge now, or, or Fat Fanny, or, or any of those, like, you know, disgusting Dora or something, and you're like, <laughs> wow, that seems like it would sort of open the door for a lot of bullying at this point, uh, yeah, especially exactly. with the way kids are now, um, but we digress. Yes, all right. Well, that is my Pokemon is all I've got uh, to offer. Well, that's not true. We have one that we played together, so... Um, that's the only other thing I have played, but. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that after a little bit because I have lots of things. Um, one I've been wanting to actually talk about for a couple episodes now, but has not found a good opportunity to come up is, uh, it's a game called Draftosaurus. I don't know if you have seen this, but it is astoundingly good. It is it is a nine out of ten for me, and I could see it being a ten at some point. Um, it is uh, immediately one of Kirsten's favorites. Um, the roommates will play it, and they aren't big gamers. Um, Joey loved it. I love it. It's so simple. It's basically think of like Sushi Go, but like with meeples in a bag. And they're dinosaurs. Hmm, so, okay. like, the concept is, is you pull out um, six, I think it's either six or eight, I think it's six meeples. You pull out six meeples, uh, and they're dinosaur meeples, and they're different kinds of dinosaurs. And uh, you hold them in your hand, and you have a board in front of you that's kind of like, uh, it's a dinosaur park board. And so there's different sections, the different pens that you can put your dinosaurs in. And so you take one from your hand and you place it there and then you pass the remaining ones to your left and you take them the ones from the player on your right and then you do it again until you're all out and then you take six more and it goes around again and then uh, you do that a couple times and uh, pretty soon you score up and uh, you get points for doing uh, different dinosaurs in different uh, different sections so like one pen you have to do alternating of the same dinosaur so species a species b species a species b um, another one is like you have to do pairs of dinosaurs and you get points for that uh, another one's like you put in three dinosaurs in this pen and you get points for that um, another one's like building this like pyramid thing that can't have like duplicate dinosaurs next to each other and like there's all kinds of neat stuff and there's a there's two sides there's like a regular side and an advanced side and the advanced side we played the last few times and uh, adds a whole new element I'm not sure we'll go back to the basic side um, unless we're playing with with new players but it's uh it's quick it's it's easy to get into it's uh it's still deep and a challenge but it's not like brain burnery and uh brain burny <laughs> burnery uh it's it's just it's so much fun and it's it's so simple it's kind of it it has that sushi go feel to it and that's what i love so much about sushi go is you can just sort of like say hey here's the rules it takes you know a minute or two to explain and then it takes probably around 
for you to kind of, and a, and a score for you to see, oh, okay, I see how all that scores, and I see how this works. And then from then on, it's like you could just play it over and over again. Uh, the times that we've played it, we have played four, five, six times in a row, just one after the other. Um, and it's it's really, really fun. If you have a chance to to pick it up or play it, it is uh, awesome. That's Draftosaurus. Oh, cool. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. I like the idea of uh, so the what the theme is that you're competing like your competitors of different parks or you're making your own park, but I like the theme, <laughs> the premise that you're drafting in to build a park. <laughs> like there's a pool of dinosaurs here, kind of all yeah. lobbying yeah, for. You're all dinosaur park owners because you know that's there's so many of them that yeah. it's just it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, and you're just uh, you're just drafting dinosaurs. Think of like it's like an auction or something. You're all getting dinosaurs based on the choices that you have so um <laughs> but it's it's fun and it, it definitely changes uh your strategy can kind of change based on the number of players because if it's two players a lot like sushi go you kind of know what's coming back to you you know sure. okay well i've got there's um six maki cards in this hand i'm passing over so i don't have to grab one right now because i'll have a chance to pick up some more or I know that there's, you know, more sashimi coming my way. But in, in, uh, once you get up to like three, four, and I, I think this might play five. Um, but once you get up there in player count, you may not, you, you have no idea what's coming back to you. So you kind of have to make decisions based on sort of what everyone else has placed on uh, kind of doing like, okay, I know there's three more of these left. Um, so maybe it's in somebody's hand, but you don't know if it's in somebody's hand because it could still be in the bag because you don't draw out all the dinosaurs at once. Sure. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. One. That it's a good fun. one. I always like simple drafting and um, it can go, I feel like it can go either way where they throw, it's kind of like put your luck games in a way where they can, they try to reinvent the wheel too much and then it becomes, it sort of ruins the the fun of drafting and certain games. But this seems like a really straightforward, simple structure that kind of, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm the other sure way you your simplify could, it. I'm sure your son could play it like that. I don't think that would be tough for a seven-year-old, especially, cause especially on the basic side. You just, you take a dinosaur and you put him someplace. There's a, there's a couple restrictions, you know, on, on where you can place him. Um, the thing I did not mention that is sort of the uh, monkey wrench in the whole thing um, is that the active player rolls a die. And the mm. die places a restriction. So the die may say you can only place dinosaurs on pins that are on the left side of the board or the right side of the board or that are in the jungle or that are in the, the grasslands. Um, okay. Or you can't place, uh, there, there's one that you can't place in, uh, you can only place in an empty pen. Um, there's one that you can, uh, you can't place in a pen that has a T-Rex in it. So, so there's, there's different restrictions uh, that go around each time and, and each, each time you pass, you pass the die as well. So, um, so, so that's kind of, that adds sort of a, that takes it sort of from a, a sushi go to like a sushi go plus one, uh, sure. it adds that, that extra element without convoluting anything or making anything weird. Um, now the benefit of rolling the die of actually being the active player is that you can ignore the die. So, okay. So it does add that as well, that when the die comes back to you, you kind of have this this little hint of an advantage, uh, which can be pretty huge sometimes, but everybody gets to be that, that player. So it's uh, it, it works itself out and kind of, if you can time things right to, you know, make your play when when you have the die, you know, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, there's a lot of times where somebody's rolling a die and I have this one dinosaur that was handed to me and I'm like, this would be perfect if I can place it here. And the roll comes and it's like, only on the left side. I'm like, oh, uh. this would have been perfect on the right side. Now, if you cannot place a dinosaur anywhere, you can always place it in the river. And the river just gives you one point for every dinosaur you have in the river. So they just kind of like slog along in the river and hang out. Um, the advanced side has stuff like um, you get points for every certain dinosaur that um, one of your neighbors has 
or um, one of them is you can at the end when everybody's placed you can move the dinosaur from this pen to place anywhere else on your board that you want so it's kind of like an insurance policy um, so there's oh, a okay. lot of neat neat things um, especially when you explore both sides of the board they did a, a really really good job huh. so. <clears throat> yeah that sounds really cool I just am seeing that Ludovic Malblanc is um, also a designer on this, and uh, I like. Uh, oh, there's a, there's a lot of solid designers here. Antoine Bowser. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know Bow- Bowser designers for this this little game. <laughs> yeah, it's a great game. It it really is. I uh, I highly recommend it. Hmm, that's really cool. I'll check it out. I like both of those guys a lot. And so I, I like drafting. Right. Um, All right, what else have you been playing? So yesterday I received a um, a package from Amazon because I ordered, you know, some Roll and Write. So I decided, you know what, my Roll and Write game isn't uh, isn't up to par. So I ordered three Roll and Writes and got them. And uh, you're familiar, I believe, with at least two of them. Well, I know two All of right. them. So I did get uh, silver and gold. Nice. Great Finally. One. Um, I got uh, Gunshun Clever, <laughs> and uh, I got one called Rolling America. Ooh, patriotic yeah. one. Um, <laughs> it used to be. It used to be. It originally was Rolling Japan. Uh, this is from a Japanese designer. That they changed it for America, and it's basically like you roll. You're rolling dice, and um, the map is kind of color coded in sections, like. You know, there's a section of states that are yellow and a section of states that are blue and a section of states that are purple and on. And then when you roll the dice, you can write the number of whatever color that is in that color region. But it has to be it has to obey certain rules. It uh, it can't be next to a number that is uh, n- not either the same or within one of it. So if you write a three, then every place around it has to be either a two, three or four. Hmm, okay. And so and there's an entire map of all 50 states. And you have uh there's special powers you can use uh like three times per game. One allows you to like circle one and then it doesn't have to follow the placement rules. Uh one allows you to reroll, one allows you to do something else. So there's uh there's mitigation there, but uh it's of all of these three it is I think by far the easiest to grasp. Uh, I think it'd be the easiest to just start playing with somebody who probably has never played a game or rolling right, rolling right before. It's, yeah. uh, and it's by game, right? So it's like one of those ones this mass market, I think is available and, you know, target and Walmart and stuff. Um, it's a couple of years old now, but, uh, looking forward to that one. Uh, we did play some, uh, Gunstone Cleaver and, I hadn't played it in a couple of years because the last time I played it was with you. And it's just probably been a year and a half. And, um, oh, yeah, pandemic. It's probably been two years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, and really played it with Kirsten for the first time. And uh, she really enjoyed it. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. Um, I won by 60 points, just, I think, because I've played it before. <laughs> but um, it's, uh, it is so clever. It really, it really is. Really, really is. Uh, did you see there's a third one that's like <coughs> I clever did, cubed? Yes, <laughs> yes, and, yes. That's the only way to go eventually. They're like, let's cube it like <laughs> with Cork Alert. I watched, I watched a video review of it uh, with Tom Vassell and on the Dice Tower. And I, I kind of see what he's kind of what he the conclusion he came to was it's good. It's great. Um, Dot Belt So Clever was was great, too. And so was the original. They're all fine. Uh, I'd play any of them, but you don't need, they didn't need to be separate games. He said they, because they all follow like the same thing. He said, it's just, they could have just come out with new score sheets and say, here's a new way to score. You know, like Mm -hmm. it didn't have to be its own game because they're all the same game. They just basically use three different score sheets. So it could be one, one game that's like, here's three different ways to play or whatever. Like the, um, the clever package or whatever. Right, yeah. Clever party. Sushi yeah, clever. Party yes. Clever party. 
Why do we not have clever party? <laughs> they just need more clever ones. They need like uh, clever quad clever or something like that. And then all of a sudden we're like, okay, we've got four. That's that's enough to do. How clever can you get? Come on, guys. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I mean, once you cube clever, I don't even know. I mean, you're yeah. You're where do you go? Really? Yeah. Exactly. I I don't even understand. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's a good point about about those specifically. Um, it is solid, but it definitely feels like they don't. Uh, the ones that I've looked at too, it definitely feels like I, I'm not in a rush to go grab them. I feel like I've got the con- the clever game. So, uh, but that's great that uh, Kirsten liked it. Uh, this is like one of Shelley's favorite games. Like this is when we're talking about oh, what should we grab when we go out? This is the first one she mentioned. So, um, yeah, I really we really like this one too. Ganshon yeah. is pretty solid. Yeah, we've been, uh, Kirsten and I have been going out more um, just in the evenings, like after dinner, to grab a beer and sit on a patio. And uh, we've been taking, we had been taking uh, Quicks and Archer Love Letter. And, and I was thinking part of the impetus behind getting these three rolling rights is, hey, what, uh, what, what's like advanced Quicks? And that's sort of how I explained yeah shown to her was this is like really really advanced quicks mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know because like each color instead of doing like the same thing each one's doing radically different things and man i tell you what is there a feeling in gaming that's as good as the last round or two <laughs> where everything combos you're like oh, bam i check yeah. this off and it gives me uh a plus one which lets me take this one over here which gives me lets me check this off which gives me a free blue which completes this and this that gives me a free yellow gives me a six on art and you're like oh my god <laughs> yeah it's oh yeah it's so satisfying it's like it's or a crescendo of uh, actions right at the end there yeah, the first few rounds are, can can be a little tedious, but they it makes up for it when in starting we found starting with four, uh, five was a huge round for me. Uh, it's just yeah. like it's like fireworks just popping off everywhere. It was uh, it's a great it's a great feeling, and that alone is it makes it worth it to play this game. Yeah, it's so fun. We play it so much lately that I've started just trying to do, like, I am going to... Like, there's certain ones that are kind of obvious, certain colors that are kind of obvious that string better. The purple, if you can run up purple, purple has a lot of combos that are just built into its um, structure of of filling up purple. Um, Blue is not bad, but blue is a little interesting to kind of focus on. But lately, I've just been trying to, like, prioritize each color. Like, I'll go, I'm going to go green, hard green this time. And green, at least to me, seems like the least least combo the or the least one to lead with um but i and i'll just see how far i can get and if i can beat shelly just focusing on one like if there's a green i can take i will definitely take it um over all other colors <laughs> that's all much i've been playing it lately is that's i am finding new ways to try to uh beat the game secret deep strategies in this game and they and probably you know, don't I, exist but <laughs> yeah and i i thought about that but the game actually mitigates those kind of strategies it, from being yeah. over successful with uh with the foxes yes yeah the foxes like, are kind of the the lure to to spread out your your exes yeah. or your, your uh, not your uh, numbers and you yeah. can always just be like oh well i'm not gonna do any foxes but then like if your opponent does foxes and plays the middle strategy then they could like just skyrocket yeah yeah just and so it's uh i i think it would be that seems to be the one major deterrent from just going really hard after one seemingly overpowered color yeah absolutely and it it, and it also is interesting in that um i really like the choices of this game then in the fact that like you said there's the middling strategy or the middle strategy a little bit of everything and then a little focus on one or two things um is is the way to go for sure, and so you have the but you have a lot of choices because the middling strategy isn't exactly apparent because there's a lot of way to, to middle in this and um, you, you know yellow is easy to fill up completely I think and uh, pretty quickly, um, but it's also you know like you said you can't focus only on yellow in the hopes that yellow will lead to other colors you've got to kind of keep your eye on where your strategies what the dice are giving you and where your strategy is sort of leading you and that will kind of inform. 
um, your color choices and then keeping in mind, oh, okay, this is going to compound to other these colors if I get to this point in purple, let's say. So I'm going to start maybe putting a couple in blue, just knowing that blue, I'm going to get an extra one soon, so I'll prep for that. Anyway, there's so many fun strategy um, considerations in that game throughout the game to lead to that last couple of rounds of just like, pa-pow, pa-pow, pa-pow. Yeah, they there really are. And, and to me, one of the most interesting choices they made is the the whole, um, you would think that it would be the big advantage to, as the uh, the active player, to just take the highest die. Because those are a lot of times the most valuable, especially down in like, um, was it orange and purple? But you can't do that until like your third die that you take. You have to be taking smaller die up front or else mm-hmm. you're opening up just a ton of die to the silver platter. And then yeah. you have fewer to re-roll, and then your options are, are so limited, and you're just really helping the other the other guys. But then it, it narrows down. You're like, I really want to take that mm-hmm. that six or that five, because that just really does great things for me. But gosh, I, I, can't, I can't do it, because then I wouldn't be able to take a second or third die. And yeah. so... There's just this whole that that to me is one of the neatest things that they did is uh, just sort of that's a great way of keeping the active player from just taking all great stuff. Uh, you have right. good choices, but but there's only a couple of choices that you you really have. Um, so I, I think that I, I think that's a really neat uh, back and forth that you have to really weigh this versus that. Um, I, I dig it. I dig it a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's such a well designed. It's you could. It's one of those games where you can tell each each color die was really carefully thought out in how it worked. Not just like how it works against each other, but that it's the structure of that uh, ascent in um, getting more and more uh, either X's or numbers on the lines putting it put in. Like purple is one of my favorites. Just the way they did that, where it's it's got a lot of cross um, connections to the other colors. And it's easy to put in uh, a number, but it has to be in ascending order. And it can score quite big, but it has to be in ascending order. And so you can kind of get stuck sometimes with you get when you kind of go purple, where you get high, where you have like a, a five in purple. So the next die you put in there has got to be a six. But, you know, you can only grab that six, like you said, if it's the maybe the second or the last die you're grabbing. So you're really hoping for that to come. And you kind of get stuck if purple sixes keep coming up first. Like, oh, that's a really hard decision to know. It should, is it worth it to forsake my other dice just to put that purple six in to restart purple? Um, and a lot of times it's not. And there's times when I filled purple and there's times when I've gotten very low on purple just because I can never get that dice to roll up to to be able to reset it at six. Yeah, purple is, is to me, the most difficult color. Um, the way I did, I just, uh, I, I think I got one six on there but i got stuck at a five and i just couldn't bring myself to i couldn't find a way to to complete it so that was like i think my lowest track um, yeah. on the last game but um but it is a very interesting challenge you can you can do a whole bunch with it if you start off with one and then two and then you can go in order like that you can fill it up pretty decently but mm-hmm. if you you know go from you know two to like five like right. <laughs> you've restricted yourself you have to get a six and that's yep. uh like you said that's really really tough to get yeah so every yeah. every one has its its challenges so. yeah i love my favorite is orange because orange i feel like they were just like ah put whatever in <laughs> you know right. yeah just just <laughs> put a number just, just score whatever you want um, don't really care. but it orange does incentivize you to to put in higher numbers or else you almost kind of feel like you sure. wasted it uh especially if like you have to end up putting, you know, a two or a three on like a times two spot. Yeah, that's really painful. Yeah, and you're like, ah, do I do I do it and just take this and just keep going down this track, or do I try and wait to put something significant like a five or a six on there? And you're like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? So yeah, anytime a game makes me go, oh, what do I do? What do I do? Um, then that's good. It means it either yeah. has a lot of fiber or um, or it's a, just a great decision. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Gonchunkleva is, is such a solid game. I really, really like this game. Um, I think you can get it pretty easily, right? Like, were you when you got it? it oh, yeah. Wasn't like exorbitantly expensive at this point. Still probably available. No, it's still it's still in full print. It's uh, I got it on Amazon. Nice. So it it was cheap. 
So, um, so moving on from that, there's one. There's a game you and I played with a couple people, and I know you've played it a couple times. So I'm gonna kind of let you explain it because I don't really remember it as well. Okay. I remember liking it, uh, <laughs> but I don't think we've talked about it. Okay. Uh, or, I don't think we've talked about. It. Have we talked about Brussels 1893? I. Feel like we might have, but it what did we talk? I feel about like you may have talked about talk it on about... Chits and Chat. Yeah, I think. Well, I thought we talked about it, but I can't remember if we were just talking about it or if it was on mic. <laughs> so, because I've got it, I've got it on my list here as as a game we haven't talked about yet. Okay, um, well, let's talk about it. Yeah, it's let's a good do enough game to talk about twice if we have talked about I, it. So I'm. Happy I I really it. enjoyed it. I don't remember exactly why or how i um, thought i was that does not surprise me at all when we when i um uh present th- 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 suggested this game to play um i was pretty sure that you would it would be your jam like because there's a lot of um there's a lot of fun interconnective choices and it's it's a complex ish game like it's just rated right around three for weight on bgg and um i uh i picked this up myself after playing with a friend and then i just happened to be aaron's birthday that we were invited to go play games and so i brought this as a gift um and uh, anyway so the fact that you say you were into it it does not surprise me because as i was about as looking this game and playing it myself for the first time i was like i bet bill would really like this um i did i really enjoyed it i don't Uh remember a ton about it because it was like a a while ago yeah and Uh. we played a ton of stuff (laughs) that night yeah specifically so maybe um, if you if you talk about what it is and what it does, I'm it might cause a flashback for me to go. Oh yeah, I really liked that part. Yeah. Um, so Brussels 1897 is the card version of uh, Brussels 1893, which is a board game that came out um, a few years before 1897. And I have not played the board game, so I'm not sure how they compare. But my understanding is that like most of these card game versions of board games, it's just something of a slightly tweaked and slimmed down version but that does not mean this game is by any means a simpler or uh, a tiny game it is it is a full-fledged feeling game in and of itself uh, and the premise is, is that you are architects in brussels 1897 and this is a time period where architecture was in one of its heydays um, in, in history and there were astounding houses that rich people were having made but they were not mansions in the country they were in the city of Brussels, and so they were like almost uh, townhouses in the way where they were like literally right next to each other, or buildings built ne- uh, connecting to each other. It's just each one was gloriously designed with architecture and artistic elements, and um, you are one of those architects, and you are sending your emissaries into the city to gather materials to build, to curry favor with the nobility, to um, get favor favors from them um to help your building process uh you were also collecting art because this whole time period was about art and expression and um stylistic uh design elements that you could use in some of your buildings um and so you are the the game presents itself in in a large tableau of cards and so there's a grid of cards and i believe it's like four by four um or four by five actually i think and so in that grid is a, a random smattering of things. It could be nobles, it could be pieces of art, it could be straight up just money, it could be building materials, or it could be a design for a building that you want to build. Uh, and so what you do is you take this hand of cards, and on, they are your emissaries, and on the back of them, though, they have a value. And that's how much they charge for their services, or you have to pay them for their services. And you send them out into the tableau, and you grab a card that you put your emissary on or in the space of you pull that card back and then um that's kind of the core of the game i'll I'll stop there with the explanation but uh the other things that kind of happen is there's after that point there's this really cool um consideration throughout the whole game about every action kind of has a secondary action that it does so those emissaries have these crests in their corners and if you can have emissaries placed next to each other and form one of those crests, so basically uh, in four of them around one, crests, crest that scores you points and gets you up on one of these uh, tracks that you want to get up. Um, so there's a benefit to putting your emissaries next to each other on the big grid, but you might not need all that stuff specifically, so it might not work out. 
where you have to go um, in a farther flung area to grab uh, someone in the upper, upper right hand corner that's away from your guy specifically. But um, you don't need everybody to form a crest. You just have to be part of a full crest to get points. So maybe you just get partial points for a crest that's formed because other people form, put emissaries around you. Uh, they can also be arrested and uh, go to jail for their actions because uh, you're slipping bribes here and there. So you can maybe get them out of jail as one effect. You can go into the city of Brussels itself to go to directly to like Parliament or the, uh, I think it's the... Uh, uh, I'm not sure what the royalty would have been at the time. Uh, go directly to royalty to do something, and or the bank to do something. So there are specific locations you can go outside of this kind of market that you can go. Um, then for no reason, you can sell all your art at an art sale, <laughs> which is the thing that I think yes. is really funny that you could just do. Um, I remember the art, the art sale piece. Um, I'm looking <laughs> at pictures of this now, and it's like all coming back to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's this is a really fun mishmash of cool micro, kind of like micro games that you're playing that interconnect, and it's rarely punishing feeling, or not not it never really is punishing feeling. You might feel like you missed an opportunity, but everything you do is not point salad, but everything you do usually has a decent enough benefit. Um, it might mean not be the best that you wanted, and it might be something. Uh, it might not necessarily be a benefit, just but it's not a punishment that happens here. So. There's just a lot of interconnectivity in a, in a good way in a satisfyingly complex game that's not overweighted, and that's uh that's what I love about this one. Yeah, no, I I agree. The um, there are no easy choices here. There's uh there's just so much to be considered for everything that you do, and the the interconnectivity of it is uh is fascinating. Uh, I felt like after I played it that uh i really really enjoyed it but i felt like man i think i know what i would do next time and then i'll bet if i played it again it would be oh i know what i'll do next time um so i can see this leading down a series of i'm gonna try this i'm gonna try this i'm gonna try this so i think there's a lot uh i think this is very replayable because there are so many uh I don't think you can just get it after a few goes of it. I just don't think that that's, this is one of those games. I think that it's one that just brings you back to well, what if I tried this and what if I concentrated on this and what if I saw uh, the, when I do this, how this affects other things. So, yeah, uh, it definitely feels like there's like, secrets to uncover one of those games where you feel like there's a strategies that you haven't even thought of that are, you know, out there to 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 find and be like oh wow <laughs> i didn't even think i could do this but that was so successful brussels 1897 i it kind of makes me want to play the board game to see um what what was uh left on the table there uh, so to speak or or not or how closely this i'm not, I'm not really sure why they made it a card game because this feels like a full game it doesn't feel like a stripped down version so it's like what else was over there that they had or is this pretty much the game See and and that that is how I feel about uh Castles of oh, Burgundy sure. the card game is um it right. is a big right. big game like it literally I'm not sure yeah. they left anything out it's got all the same like categories and areas and like it's it's big it's a, I think it's a bigger table hog oh, absolutely. than the original <laughs> game so so I'm like trying to figure out like why why they needed to do the card game? I actually kind of prefer the card game. Yeah, um, well, I know there you go. Me, but um, <laughs> that might be the reason. <laughs> but but I don't I don't know why like it was a thing because it's not like they're like oh let's do a simplified broken down version for you know people who don't want that complexity. They're just like let's just do this, right. <laughs> but with cards. Yep. Bam. <laughs> let's challenge ourselves to put this in a different physical format. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's what they did with, with Brussels. I, I, I'm wondering if it is fairly um, similar. The only thing I makes me wonder if they did pop a couple things off um, out of the game is that 1897 is weighted at 2.92. Brussels 1893 is weighted at 3.59. So there's got to be one thing yeah. at least, <laughs> one element that they threw in that is I'm, more convoluted. Ooh. It looks pretty complex, it. doesn't it? That's a big it's very, game. Like, 
it's got that muted color style it of does. um uh who does that who's the is it uh ravensburger that yeah ravensburger has kind of that muted tones um, yeah but it the board looks extremely <laughs> complex and interconnected yeah it looks dense words, actually, it looks it? real yeah. real dense yeah now yeah. i'm intrigued now i'm intrigued <laughs> I would love to check it out. I I feel like I you know, I honestly haven't really looked, but um, I feel like it's one that might be harder to get your hands on. It came out in 2013, so maybe maybe not. But um, yeah, it's sort of uh, what was the other game I was thinking of too? Um, uh, oh shoot, and I just flew out of my mind. I'll think of it in a second, I'm sure. But um, anyway, yes, Brussels is a great game, and I I really recommend everyone to check it out. It's a it's a funny because we reviewed it uh, like you mentioned. I reviewed it with my buddy Alex on Chits and Chat, with his, which is a game podcast about small pocket games that you can take out. But it's that same Castles Burgundy effect where yes, the box is small, but taking it out, <laughs> it is not a small game on the table. It is it, it you know with that tableau, those cards are full size cards. You have your own player boards. Um, and, uh, you are, uh, uh, you know, filling up quite a bit of space on the table. So it feels like a full, full board game for sure. Yeah. You can't take, you can't take, uh, Castles of Burgundy, the card game out no. to play like at a bar. Um, unless you're taking like, you're there for game group and you have big tables specifically for that. That's not a, that's not a pub <laughs> not game. At all. Um, you know what? I'm going to mention another game just because it's on my mind. <laughs> it has nothing to do with anything, but I was looking through like card-based games um, that put an interesting spin, and I think we might have talked about it before, but I was going to say, if you're looking for this game, try to find another game called Vi as well. Um, and I don't know. It's a small publishing group, and they last I checked last year, they were having trouble with distribution like everybody, and they couldn't get it reprinted, but I think they're getting it reprinted now. Um, and just it just why bring it What's that? What is it? Vi, V Y E, um, and it's a card game of like uh, it's kind of like this is not it's not close to chess, but it's similar in that feel of um, chess or the Duke, where you're kind of trying to capture. And, well, the, the slogan is uh, the card game of capture and control. That sort of sums it up, but it uses the suits of a set of playing cards, the royal suits. And you're using these really cool positioning uh, in cards in the game. And why I brought it up is it sort of reminds me the central tableau grid of uh, Brussels 1897 is reminds me of this game Vi. And Vi is one of those games that I just think about all the time. We, we played it a couple times with a friend a while ago. And I just enjoyed it so much and it struck me and I just keep thinking about it all the time. And I really, really want to find it. But unfortunately, they, they haven't been able to get their printing energy back up. Um, but it just made me think, like, no, if you like if you like card games that are big and fun on the table that are all in cards, uh, check out Vi as well. <laughs> hmm. Um, you know, I I will I've written that down. Um, you know who actually like this has sort of off topic too, but you know who actually did manage to do a really good card version of their game that it just does feel like a, a smaller, streamlined game. And actually, I think that's the reason why I would ever do that. But um, really successfully was um, San Juan with Puerto Rico. Have you ever played I have San not. Juan? I actually, um, a friend gifted me Puerto Rico. I had not played Puerto Rico either. Gifted me Puerto Rico recently. And uh, so I'm, I haven't <sighs> even played that. But I hear, obviously... I know. You played I know, Puerto I know. Rico. I hear both of them, of course, all the time because they're classics. Uh, but I have not. I've not. Oh, Puerto Rico's wonderful. I I really really like Puerto Rico a lot. Um, but San Juan gives that same kind of feeling, but entirely in cards in a much smaller package, um, and and much more streamlined and much quicker. Uh, I I probably prefer Puerto Rico if I'm mm-hmm. in the mood for. a full game but uh, if I want that feel and that experience um, it plays kind of in the same vein as Race okay. for the Galaxy in fact I think the system is pretty close in that um, just the, the the way that it, it plays I think it's it's in the same you could put it under the same system umbrella uh, same manufacturer it might even be the same designer um, 
but very, very similar uh, in concept. Uh, but it still keeps the whole, you know, somebody selects uh, whether they're going to be the governor or the, you know, whatever um, they are. And then they play that role and they get these, they get to do these things. Um, so that keeps with the role selection and they did a really, really good job with it. And I feel like if somebody has a big game and they're looking to put out a card version of it, that is a great one to look at because to me, that's the reason you put out a card based or a dice based game, um, is, is to, to give the same experience, but in a smaller vibe, uh, same with Istanbul, the dice game. We played, Chris and I played that the other night, and I remembered how much I loved it. Uh, it feels like Istanbul in like 20 to 30 minutes huh. <laughs> All right. instead of two hours. So um, it just, it has, it, it does for me all the same things. So um, if I'm like, I got to keep one of those too. Yeah. I keep Istanbul. I really like Istanbul, the dice game too. Oh, I, I, um, so. I, haven't played uh, i don't think i've played istanbul but the dice game is great and it's um oops it's um uh one of those small games too that just sort of has it's got you know a little is that that's one of those little like gems right yeah the rubies yeah yeah. it's got the rubies yeah um yeah you you uh roll dice and uh you so you roll dice and then you um you use the faces and your little tiles to like trade in for stuff and get rubies and um, possibly buy more goods because there's these uh, five goods. Um, and then you, you can use those that you use the tiles that you buy as like substitute dice faces for buying gems. Um, you can get Lyra. You can, um, you can buy the, get these uh, cards. You can roll these, these special power cards that you use right away um that sometimes if it's a really big effect you get something but it also gives everyone else at the table something uh or they may have to pay a lira to get the thing whereas you get it for free or something like that so um there's always good things to do and there's always but you can never do all the things you want to do on a turn which is absolutely the games that i look for uh, if I can always do walk away from every turn going, bam, <laughs> I did it. <laughs> What's the point of playing that game? Uh, you have to choose. You know, you want to do five different things. Right. You can do two of them. Right. <laughs> Which two are you going to do? Oh, yeah. that's great, though. So Cool. I, I, that sounds great. I, I really like that game. I would love to play Istanbul, the original. I have not played that one. Um, and uh, I remember looking at, God, it reminds me so much of another game. Well, actually, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Brussels in uh, sending out your guys to do stuff throughout the, the markets. Um, there's another game. I wish you can remember the name of it. It's um, it's a game with the, the takes in like Saharan Africa is the setting and you are the, um, I think you're the Touareg people with your, it's, it's a market game where you're sending um, emissaries or maybe you're going to the market and um, the market is once again in cards, and you are trying to pick up goods to try to remember if there's a point. If it's just the goods for the sake of goods, or if it's the goods for just like your village or your people, you're collecting food like nuts and fruits and things like that. But you're also trading, and it's kind of reminds me of that structure. Oh, it's killing me that I can't remember this. Uh, I will look it up while we're talking, and I will figure it out for you guys. <laughs> but. Is it weird that the way you described that could be like yes. any one of like three hundred euro games? That's why I'm having such trouble. So in it's a, a trading game in like you know the the Mediterranean slash uh, you know the desert. You're in some sort of uh, foreign country and you're 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 collecting resources, trading. Well, There's a marketplace. Like, like oh. <laughs> Oh, that it's game. Definitely... Oh, that game. Yeah, <laughs> he, yeah. I know uh, exactly well, you which it, one you that is. It down. I'm on it. No, and it's definitely one of those Euro... I think it might be a Ravensburger game, where it's definitely one of those Euro games of the European, like, uh, uh, when they do games about, like, Africa, um, they're, like, really fascinated about the themes and the lifestyle, and, and sometimes it's really well done, and sometimes it's just like, hmm, all right, it's just kind of like an interesting theme to throw on the structure, because uh, Euro it can be so dry, <laughs> 
in such a, a vibrant culture. But it's yeah. just, sometimes the mashup of those two things just seems like this is a very stiff form of <laughs> of trying to um, exemplify the the this culture that you're very fascinated by. Um, oh man, all right, yeah, but it does describe right. literally <laughs> one genre of game. I am. <laughs> You know the game where you roll the dice? You know that game? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got uh, it. All right, I'm going to I'm going to come up with it while we're chatting. I'll, I'm going to remember this game because it was really great. But um what else? What else have we been uh doing lately or have you have you played that's been on your mind? Um have we talked about yet that there's a new version of uh, Carpe Diem that came out last uh, last year? Don't think so. In a white so. box, and they fixed a lot of the issues that we had originally with like not being able to tell the difference between the back of the tiles, um, like the dark oh, cool. green okay. and the light green. Um, now they do just like green on one side, and then on the ones that used to be dark green. Uh, they're just white, so like super easy to tell. Um, all the buildings now are substantially uh, more distinct, and their colors more consistent. So even being colorblind, I have a lot easier time uh, identifying what everything is. Um, they've just cleaned up all of the visuals that I struggled so hard with, um, and so I think they did a really good job. I I got it. Uh, I have not. I have it punched out and everything, but I, I haven't played it yet with anyone. Um, I gifted my, my previous copy to Larry because it is his favorite game hmm. of all time. Uh, he will play it anytime, anywhere, for any huh. reason. So he now has an old <laughs> battered copy of it. Well-worn. I'm, I'm sure we'll get lots <laughs> nice. of good years. Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah, I would love to try so. it and see what's, uh, what's changed on it. I uh, The... <laughs> <laughs> that game is infamous to me, but it is. I I do not. I will not say it's a bad game, but it just is confusing to me and the way my brain works. I guess, but it was. Uh, it's still. It's still. It's a lot of fun playing that. I probably did a pretty botchy job of explaining it. Uh, I'm I'm better at explaining games now than I used to be, um, and, and I I think I just. Uh, the the concept of what you can do with money versus what you can do with bread, um, it, it it is very intentionally um, confusing. It can <laughs> be a like little they're confusing. Just like, this would be funny. We'll switch. Yeah, the hell well, they work. when you you think of the bread, when you think of the bread as not so much as currency, but as like yeah. a bonus way to do stuff. So like you you can pitch in bread in order to you know accomplish a goal at the end. You can use bread to. Uh, move your guy to a different square than uh, than you can normally get to, uh, and things like that. So it's it's uh, it serves its part, but but I I think I explained it more as uh, like a currency and less as just like a bonus token, which is kind of what it's supposed to. Hmm. Okay. To be. Yeah. Still confusing. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Well, well. I, I, I'm excited to play it again yeah, with you again. at some point because uh, uh, we should we we have to play it with Larry because it's right. Larry's favorite. Mark it on the calendar. I'm in for sure. Oh, uh, the game t- is Targi okay. that I was trying to think of, and I almost said the name because Tureg is a oh. male uh, member of the tribe. Targi is the female member of the tribe. So, uh, Targi, have you ever played Targi? I, I have not played it, but I um I have heard a lot really about good. it. Yeah, it is a very popular um, game. It's great. They have also have other versions of it. Like there's an anime version of it. It's very, which is funny to me that they anima animated the uh, visual style of it. Um, but it is a uh, really oh. great. It's a 2012 game, and um, yeah, it's 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 basically like I said, it's a trading game, but you're you are from the Tureg people, and so you're you're trying to trade um, for goods, which are a lot of times food, and that, it, then you're trying to, of course, get gold, um, but you're also trying to enlarge your family, which is the interesting thing and really ties into that nomadic desert culture, too. So I felt like for a Euro game, they, they really kind of did a surprisingly interestingly good job about... Um, uh, respecting the culture that they were doing the game about and actually capturing some of the important elements of the culture as well. So 
and also just a really, really well-designed game. And it's actually not uh, Ravensburger. It's Cosmos is the publisher. But, uh, yeah, it's hmm. it's really fun. Yeah, I am uh, I definitely want to try it. I, I am very familiar with uh, with the, the, the book, mm-hmm. the, the look of the box. Uh, I'm very familiar with the fact that it has is, is gotten a lot of really, really yeah. good reviews. It's very popular. So it is on my list. Yes, check it out, everybody. And uh, they have an expansion, which I haven't played, but it seemed really cool as well. Well, should we talk about our game that we played with uh, our friends uh, Corey and Donnie on our as our send off here? We we should we should we should at least give it uh, a brief mention. I don't know if we want to mm-hmm. get too in depth since it was a, a um, ah you know what that's prototype. A good point. Should we not it, talk it about our game in that progress? We've Corey and Donnie, that I, I just realized that's a good point. <laughs> oh, we can we can talk All about right. having yeah, we'll played a game. Details. So so our our buddies Corey and Donnie of uh concept medley games um who were on the show uh, a couple years ago they kickstarted capital vices mm-hmm. uh which we both backed and uh and played with them uh and really enjoyed um and this is a new one that Corey designed that uh that was really clever and really inventive i i really enjoyed it it's uh it's reasonably Simple, but with good, deep choices, which I think makes an excellent game. Um, so I'm excited to see sort of where that goes and to follow this and see if they are going to kickstart it or get it with a publisher or what they're going to do. But Yeah, I'm, it was fun to jump in fan. and play it when it's um, at this stage where, you know, the game is, I, I you know, I would call it done. It's at the point, w- though, where it's like tweaking to kind of perfection <laughs> in a way where it's... Uh, Everything works great, and it's it's a fun and engaging game. But you you've got you know just some playtesting to do to kind of do those final tweaks. So yeah, I'm excited to see what they do with this one. If what changes, if any, they do, um, or what changes, how extensive or not they are, to based on our playthrough or based on their other playthroughs that they'll be doing. So this was a this was fun. I like the theme of this one, and like you said, I, I'm not sure how much we could talk about it. So I'm not going to give really hardly any details as well. But the theme was fun, and I, it's a theme that I always enjoy, and um, am happy that they're using this one. I, those guys always have fun theme approaches to their games, though, so no surprise there. But uh, yeah, but, they, yeah. They, but it was also a first do, time in a long so. time we've gotten together to play a game with them, so that was also really fun to hang out again and chat and talk over a game as we're playing. It was uh, Kaz uh, yep, uh, accidentally again, almost, almost won. <laughs> um, yep, I uh, I very much probably not accidentally uh, came in dead last by a lot. So um, I I about three turns in, three or four turns in, I sort of uh, realized the error of my ways um, that I was pursuing perhaps a strategy that uh, was not intended right. at one pursue. So, um, so I, I, I sort of put myself behind the eight ball and, and, uh, sort of stayed there. So, um, <laughs> vengeance will be mine the next time when we, uh, when we play again. And I'm really hoping that we and will yeah, And let's be clear. Again. Most of our relationship with these guys is avenging losses. <laughs> that's the core of our relationship. <laughs> well, it's that's not our relationship not. with everyone. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> we are a bitter, bitter duo. <laughs> Like that should be life goals for everybody. Is every interaction should be avenging <laughs> a true. previous always, interaction. Always be avenging. <laughs> oh, yeah, fair enough. Well, that's uh I feel like that's how some people do play games. Uh or uh Yeah. That's how some people live life. <laughs> which yeah. is is sad in and of itself. But um, you know, we, we don't know them, so <laughs> that's true. That's true. They, uh, they, even the, the slightest interactions, uh, will must be avenged. That gas station clerk was very rude to me and I will, I will make him pay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, next time I come to buy gas, I am going to do something that will inconvenience him. <laughs> I will buy $1 amount of gas four times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> with a credit with card, a credit and I will card. come in to do it. I will not pay at the pub. <laughs> uh, 
I will make a mess of the Slurpee machine, and he will have to clean it, and he will never be rude to me again. I live a good life. (laughs) And fortunately, that's, yes, that's sadly not how life works, I guess, but. All right, everybody. Well, it, hopefully right. that's not well, you, and maybe you know someone like that, but hopefully not. But um, thank you guys for listening. If you want to get a hold of us or let us know your thoughts on anything, you can, of course, give us a ring or a jingle. Or do they say give us a ring anymore? I don't think that's a phrase that anyone uses anymore. Uh, yeah, yeah no, get, get a hold of us anymore. in a few different ways. <laughs> Um, you still, you can also always go to Twitter and Instagram and get a hold of us at Roasted Games One. You can go to our podcast hosting page, eavesdrop.com, and scroll down to Roasted Games page. Fill out our comment section there. You can also shoot us an email at roastedgamesco at gmail.com or find us on Facebook. So many different ways to find us at Roasted Games. Uh, Obviously, if you're looking for us on Facebook, you can look for our Flaming Dice logo or Flaming Die logo. Uh, But yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. Let you uh, hear what you're playing, what you're into these days, what's on your mind, what Kickstarters might be finally arriving over the last few months. And uh, just hear from you in general. It always always brightens our day. So thank you all for listening, and we will catch you all in the next episode. Bye.